0: Welcome to the Men of the Prize podcast. It is I, Harvey. I am your host, and I hope all is well. I hope you had a good week. Another great guest. This week, Omari Ajanaku is my guest, and he is an inspiring man, an intelligent man. He gets his point across, and I feel like we had a great discussion. Condensed, but a great discussion. I feel like I could talk with him for hours upon hours. It was fun talking to him um let's talk about us for this week how was the week for you have you been kind of looking at yourself and what you're trying to accomplish again we talk about this we're trying to succeed how is your plan are you doing what you're supposed to be doing are you writing that book that you're supposed to be writing did you ask out that girl that you've been wanting to talk to you saving money to buy that thing that you wanted Are you just being a good person in general? Are you improving day to day? How are you doing? Are you happy with yourself? And it's okay if you're not, as long as you're on the road to liking yourself and accepting yourself and not letting the external bother you, but focus on on how you feel about yourself. Never forget, never forget, end of the day, It really depends on how you feel about you. Nobody really knows you like you do, so make sure that you do. And if you're not sure who you are, you need to find it. Your job shouldn't define you. As important as our family, our wives, our kids are, they don't define you. Who are you? Make sure you take a moment every day to remember who you are. You the man, don't forget you the man. And you take that that energy of being the man, and then you take that out into the world and you succeed in whatever you do, family man, businessman, whatever it is, but it starts with you. So this episode, like I mentioned, our guest is Omari Ajanaku, and here is his bio. His name is Swahili and comes from East Africa in Kenya. Omari means the highest mountaintop and close to God. Ajamu means he who fights for what he wants. Ajanaku means free and wealthy people. Omari is a husband and father of three children, Ayana, Bashari, and Israel. Omari is the owner of an entertainment company, a criminal law firm, a vocational nonprofit, and a podcast. This is quite a young man doing a lot. And before I send you off, here's the quote. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. That is by Louis B. Smedes. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Think about that one. Forgiveness. You can forgive somebody for what they did to you, but the only person that was being hurt was you by holding on to that. I felt that quote when I read it, that is something that affected me a long time, a long time. I had, I was holding on to some hate for somebody for a long time. And then when I met my wife, my eventual wife, and we realized we were going to be starting a family, it was inherent upon me to let go and to forgive because I couldn't bring that kind of negativity into a family. And these are lessons that we learn as we mature, as we grow, as life changes for us. Change is good. And with that, enjoy this interview. This is Omari. Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. I am blessed. I am happy to welcome Omari to the pod. How are you this evening? So what's good?
1: Uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, Likewise. i looking forward to this too- one.
0: It's good. I like an opportunity to talk with some men and to get into some stuff, but I have to say Mm -hmm. there's always a little something special when I get to get a black man on here and we get to talk about some stuff. So thank you again for giving me some of your time. I do appreciate it. Of course. So first and foremost, what I do with every episode, I am an expert in one thing, and that is being me, being the man that I am. This podcast was created to be a safe space for men to talk about our issues, whatever's going on in our lives, whatever we feel we can't really communicate to somebody else. You can Mm -hmm. say what you want here, no judgment, no shenanigans, nothing to worry about. So while this is a fun place and a good place to speak, I am not a professional, so I can't diagnose. I can't tell you what to do. What I hope this does, though, is that it allows you to open up. And maybe, maybe a wound opens up, Maybe something kind of stirs in your system. If that happens, I hope it leads to something positive, but I hope it leads to somebody you can talk to. So what this is all saying is if you need to speak to someone, a friend, a mentor, a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, find someone, release whatever it is that you need to. This is a place to speak, maybe even heal, but I can't solve any problems but you certainly can. And if you have any, find somebody who can help you. Absolutely. And with that, let's get to it. So are you ready? I have no choice. That's what's up. I like
1: that, I like
0: it. All right, you gave me a bio. My people have heard it already, but I'm gonna ask you for a little something different. I like to start every one of these. If you could give me a quick, quick 20 second bio about Mm -hmm. you. Give me one right now. A
1: husband before a father. A writer before author and uh, a hustler before scholar.
0: I like it. I like that. I may have to steal that, bro. I mentioned that now and it's recorded, so in case. (laughs) I like that, my dude.
1: (laughs) It's yours. It's yours.
0: All right. So you've been a listener. You know what this is. Prize. Mm -hmm. It is the mantra I kind of came up with. It's five letters. P-R-I-Z-E, the I is what we use as the last part of this discussion. And it Mm. hopefully leads to the man as a whole. But let's Mm. start at the beginning. The first letter in the word prize is P and it stands for purpose defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Mm. What is your purpose, sir?
1: My purpose is the next generation. Um, my purpose is to do better than those who have done before me you know even in my family tree i'm uh the only one is um and then i stated it a husband before a father i'm the only one in the family tree that has that and i and i, and I stand on that mantra okay.
0: okay simple to the point so mm-hmm. w- while doing this and talking to different men in different stages of their lives one thing i've I'm not just I'm discovering, but I'm kind of noticing is yeah. that a lot of the times our purpose, our, rais- our raison d'etre, I guess, I'll begin French here, is that our purpose tends to be being what we didn't have growing up. Hmm. There's a tendency for us men to be the thing we were missing when we were growing up. Yeah. I didn't have a person to talk to. I am that for somebody else. Right. I was abused as a child. I'm protecting kids from that. Absolutely. So when you say your purpose is the next generation, expound. What are you giving to the next generation?
1: Um, An example, stability, consistency, Um, hope, encouragement, inspiration, Um, healthy standards. Um, I would say love that could be misconstrued. What I will say is a positive and progressive intent. Um, for their well-being, for for their um, for their success.
0: Okay. Did you receive that love growing up?
1: I did inconsistently, though. Okay. Hmm.
0: So, I imagine that's motivation for you.
1: It has to especially be, especially with your children. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Give me an example of how you hmm. show love to your children.
1: To your I get kids. down on a, I get down on that level. One of the things we do a lot is we wrestle a lot. um I'm finding that they they feel the most encouraged when I'm down on their level because now I'm with them rather than on a separate it's a gap there's a There's a barrier in between when I stand up. um and so when I get down on their level, then they can run up to me, jump in my arms, then we're on the same we're on that same level where we're I feel like we're more it's more of a union more cohesion
0: okay so you have a good connection with your kids um Mm -hmm. and last question about that yeah why and maybe this is for you and just for parents fathers obviously Mm. why is that connection in your opinion so important
1: because the connection is with myself Um, my kids are a manifestation of Uh, the relationship my wife and I have, but more importantly, the relationship I have with myself. So whatever I do, however I talk to myself and treat myself, it's gonna inadvertently rub off on them. So really, I'm just, this is how I treat myself, is how I treat them.
0: I like that, I like that. One thing as a parent, and I talk about this with men, and just in general, is there's a level of accountability that I think is incredibly important in general, in the world. But in particular in our house, in our bedrooms, with our kids, in our space. Mm-hmm. To, and a good thing about we can be on their level. But we're adults. So obviously, we're a little yeah. bit higher. But to show the imperfections, yeah, the, the I make mistakes. I make them with you.
1: Mm-hmm. but
0: I'm ba- I messed up. I apologize. All you right. were right. I was wrong stuff like that that probably doesn't seem that important to a three or four or a 10 or a 12 year old but you are building somebody's self-esteem
1: right. my
0: father was not perfect and he was wrong and he had no problem saying that to me it means i'm okay mm-hmm. if i mess up sometimes Absolutely. and i'm okay to say it to somebody else mm-hmm. it's these really little things and in particular for black parents for fathers because there's this idea that we're not around even though we're around more than more than any other fathers but I think I like the fact that you make a point even getting down and wrestling and being at that level. Mm-hmm. These are our kids and I really like that manifestation. To me, my kids are my representative into the world. Mm-hmm. I'm sending me out. All and right. if I if they look good, if they look fed, if they're intelligent and they're happy, I did something right. Mm-hmm. That's really how I take it. So I feel like we sympathical on that. We agree. So mm-hmm. I haven't met your kids, but just by listening to you, I know you're a good father.
1: I appreciate so, that.
0: Clearly a good example. Um, the next letter in prize is R. The word is resilience. I like this yes. one. The capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. Hmm. So any time in your life, any situation that you can think of, give us one where something happened or you had to deal with something and you came out and you were resilient. Talk
1: about that. Uh, if we're gonna really talk, then let's let's really talk. Um, my uncle, he had to, he chose to leave to a different state to in order to prosper and to progress economically. Or This is me assuming, um, and and I took that pretty hard. Um, I felt like a piece of me was stripped away, uh, like a piece of me was detached. Um, but at the same time, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me, because then it empowered me to do what I was meant to do, and that's exactly what I'm doing now. So I'm thankful for that trauma because um, I could have let it steer me in a different way. I could have imploded um, and, and blamed the world for it all. But instead, I, I looked at the now It's time for me to step up. Um, he showed me everything he needed to, the way he walked, the way he talked, the way that society interacted with us when he was there versus when I was there. Like a boy, when a boy's around and society interacts a certain way, when a man is around, that energy is completely different. Um, and, and so I picked up those nuances. And then it was time for me to practice. I got a lot of practice. Thankfully, I didn't get cast into the world without practicing. But I got a lot of practice on um, being a man for my family, being a man of the house.
0: That's good. That's mm-hmm. excellent. Can you think? And I don't know. I mean, obviously, we have a lot of general questions. But as I talk yeah. to you, I'm trying to kind of dig
1: yeah, in. I like that. Can,
0: can you think of a lesson from your uncle, and I don't know how old you are or whatever the situation, mm-hmm. about being a man in particular? Something that you remember, that you took, and that you still use today?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're in the mall, and um, my, my grandmother and my mother, the way they dressed is off of uh, coming to America or Black Panther. That's 365. That's not okay. Black History Month. That's not Juneteenth that is all the time um, because they even make their own clothes and I would notice how society would look look at them like a like an animal in a zoo as in I see you there I'm not going to interact and I'm kind of skeptical to even what's wrong with them why are they doing this and I would see how they would interact with us when I was around they would get a little closer a little more bold um, maybe feel a little more encouraged or privileged to say some things or to to, you know, invade the bubble a little bit. But when he was around, there was no questions asked. You now, granted my uncle is 6'4", 235. So it was, it was no questions. It was, don't think about it. It was, you, you can look, that's fine. Don't say anything and keep your distance. And I, I caught that. I caught how consistent that would happen. And then I, I took that same to where I'm gonna be respectful to you. I'm gonna acknowledge you. I'm just not here to play games with you because it is something bigger that I must do. and I'm standing on it.
0: Oh yes, oh yes the presence of a black man is mm-hmm. a powerful one. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it, it doesn't include violence. It's mm-hmm. very much presence. Presence is such a big mm-hmm. thing for us men. We were talking about being a father, just being in that house,
1: mm-hmm.
0: being present, being actively present is a big thing. And then, mm-hmm. and then you're talking about being out with the women, with our black women. Right. And you're just inadvertently protecting them by being there, standing in front, next to or behind. Our presence is so important. And I think we forget it. Mm. So uh, that's a, that was an important lesson that you got, an important lesson. Mm. Um, I would imagine, is there anything else that you can think of that directly affected how you treat women growing up? Any lessons maybe, for, even not even for, just from your uncle, from anyone, mm-hmm. was there any lessons that really taught you how to treat Black women?
1: um there's there's a couple the biggest thing i would see is well my, my mother and i have always had a conversation so we would talk like this like we're talking now let's, let's have conversations and i would just see how society would interact with her when you know a man wasn't around and so I, seeing that enough it made me want to do more i had to do more and it, it made me take a, a more appreciation in what she has to do because she had to feel a role that By science, she wasn't designed to fail. But due to circumstances, you know, she rises to the occasion because that's how powerful and how important and how strong our women are. Uh, And so I just took more appreciation, um, made sure I say thank you, um, give her hugs, embrace her, and and treat her with love and respect. And even to this day, when me and her go places, I'm not playing games. I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna be caring to, to people. Um, is just don't make me do something I don't want to do because I'm gentle in nature. But if you make me, I will. And I really don't want to. I'm begging you and pleading with you don't make me channel this energy because I'm willing to.
0: I feel you. And I think that's that's the innermost workings of Black men as we walk around. We may not always mm. express it the right way, mm. but our actions, even if they're misguided, is very much in the protection of our women. Mm. So it's always good to hear. Yeah. Um, all right. The next letter is I, but we'll come back to that. The next letter is Z. The word is zeal. My favorite word in this mantra. Zeal is enthusiastic devotion. Mm. What are you enthusiastically devoted to?
1: Oh, man. Generational progression and economic and financial uh, independence when it comes to uh, banks, our own banks, so we can control our insurance and our um, uh, our money and finances. When it comes to hospitals, we can care for our own in a, a methods and means that work best for us. Schools, so we can um, intentionally teach what we need to be taught and not propaganda that, that feeds into the black inferiority complex. Uh, when it comes to grocery stores and being able to uh, feed our own and we know what's in our food, and we don't have to depend on somebody else's truck to, to bring it, we can go in the back and go pick it ourselves. Um, and, and then a criminal justice agency, holding, holding each other accountable, uh, making sure if someone is wrong, that in a reasonable and a realistic way, they've made right. Um, and then we, we have accountability and consistency within the community.
0: I like that, I like that. Why, this is a completely off the wall question. Yeah. Why? I, I'm trying to. How, how do I phrase this? Don't phrase it. What? How? What? What will happen
1: mm-hmm.
0: in society when black people, when we as a whole take care and take over our financial intelligence, our well-being, how we feed ourselves, our businesses mm-hmm. in our community? What would happen to society as a whole and to a lesser degree our community?
1: Uh, for one, we won't be. Uh, legislative, and uh, we won't be victims because right now the law is not written for our benefit. Um, we're gonna find, and neither is the narrative in media. We're we're always guilty, and if we're innocent, then well, I guess that's one. Luckily, but the rest of them aren't that way. Mm. Um, oh, we're gonna find out how powerful and how important and significant we truly are. Um, other people, other communities are gonna have to say you know what i apologize can can we do business so now we control that leverage Uh, business is on a different it's a different narrative now it's a different context where we're coming on equal grounds versus um, typically what we would have to do is come to um, ask and and plead frankly to the minimal resources they want to give us so they give out these few resources that aren't that quality and we compete with each other to get them And now we end up pulling each other down. So we feel like we're uh, pulling ourselves up all for scraps. Okay.
0: Why is it so hard for us in this community to realize that we have the power to change everything and that we hold our success in the palm Mm -hmm. of our hand?
1: this is my opinion i feel like we don't have strong consistent leaders political athletes entertainers and musicians should not speak on political issues that's not their role their role is to play their sport their role is to entertain Um, and it's hard for to them to speak wholeheartedly and commit themselves when they're getting paid by the same infrastructure that causes our dysfunction to begin so it's really hard for an nba player to speak on black inferiority complex when their means of success ties directly into it to where you can't be a doctor or lawyer you can't be a politician you can't be anything of high socioeconomic status you have to be an athlete so it's kind of hard for the athlete to speak on that because then you're contradicting you're getting paid by the very um, by the very structure that that feeds into it so it would be And this is my opinion, too. I feel like they've done a great job of de-emasculating our leaders to where either they take advantage of us and abandon us, either they kill us so others don't want to speak forward because they want to live as long as they can, or we get taken advantage of and led led astray. So as a community, we, we we don't trust very often. And those who we do trust are entertainers and athletes, and they lead us toward our dysfunction. Because they, they benefit financially from that dysfunction.
0: Interesting, you mentioned you know athletes and entertainers because mm. it's it's very much the percep the perception of us are mm. leaders and they're not even really leaders because that's not what they're trying to do. Like Charles Barkley, I'm not your you know I'm not your role model. It's and I guess I'll ask you why mm. is it, and I think I know why, but why is it that the icons, the black people that other parts of society look to as important black people are football players, basketball players, track stars, rappers, singers. But they're not deans of colleges or a CEO of a top five, Fortune 500 company. Why is it that we're entertainers as opposed to leaders?
1: Because it feels better. We, we've become emotionally driven. Um, society has taught people and then people have taught themselves, too make sure we hold them accountable to to put um you know a social contribution like like giving out turkeys and um gifts on christmas which is nothing wrong or right about it but they put that over a scientific contribution like a new phenomena that someone has discovered or um a teacher or or scientist that is contributing to the scientific community because it feels better and we've allowed ourselves to be dumbed down so much that we rather watch highlights than watch a a thesis defense as somebody getting their PhD.
0: It's interesting. We, we deal with the symptom, but we never solve the problem. That's the Turkey thing. So it's Thanksgiving or Christmas and we're out there giving people food as opposed to figuring out why they need to be fed anyway. And we don't ever go through that, that process. And I think in a way we are pushed to do that. Just keep doing that and make sure there's a camera there so people can see it <laughs> as opposed to why do we have projects with so many people who don't have jobs, who are struggling to live all these things. Let's just keep the status quo. And occasionally we'll drop, we'll drop them a crumb or something. We're we'll dropping some turkeys. It's, I think it's inherent upon us to look past what we're being shown. Yeah. And create a new picture. And just talking with you and I've seen read some of your posts and stuff. And that's the feeling I get from you is that there's very much a future view when the problem isn't here, it's there Mm. and we're looking there. And that's why I was so happy to talk to you because I feel like we're getting that view out there. Mm. The last letter in the word prize is E the word is expectation. Yes. Strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Mm -hmm. So Obviously, you're doing a lot, but I'm gonna ask a few things here. What mm-hmm. do you expect from you mm-hmm. in one year, in five years, yes. and in 10
1: years? We'll start with the 10 year. 10 year, I'll be out of uh, law school. I'll have my Juris Doctors, which is my JD, um, practice in my, my law firm. Uh, the vocational school will have something tangible to so where we can have in person classes. Uh, we'll have some curriculum. Um, And we'll be a a pivotal, uh, a pivotal member of of the community, not just here, but my goal is to take the the law office and the vocational school to where in my opinion, is needed most. And that's that Great Lake area. That's that Detroit. That's that Chicago. Uh, A little bit of Baltimore. Uh, That's that over there in New York, uh, Harlem area, D.C., um, L.A. It's time to go to the big cities where... Wherever, wherever I'll, I'll put it this way, whoever has the strongest criminal justice or the most people incarcerated or um, the most uh, people in, employed by the criminal justice system, that's where I need to go. Because somebody has to pay for that employment. Somebody has to pay for those benefits. And most times it's our youth ages 13 to 24. That's who society feeds on um, for nourishment. It's the reason probation officers have jobs. I'm not saying right or wrong, but it's the reason they have a job because there has to be a need supply and demand. Well, as long as, the, as long as the supply is there, then not only will they have a job, they'll move up and somebody will move under them. And now they, it's, it's nutritious economically for the black and, and brown man to be criminals. Um, 10 year, okay. Um, three, four films, plays, uh, albums, soundtracks, board games, books. Um, five years, five years, I'll be in law school. Um, I already have one film done a letter to my children. That's a soundtrack in a book. And I think I'll have one or two more of each, um, the board game will be done by then. Um, my kids will be in school, uh, one year, one year, I will have eliminated two, two pieces of debt off my credit. Ah, uh, soundtrack film books that'll be done by year. Board game will be done by year. The two more books to be done. Um, I would have taken the LSAT again. I took it once, so I could technically be in law school now. I just have two issues. One, they they insist you don't work your first year. Excuse me. My priority is my family, and so that that contradicts. And so, one, I'll be able to by that time. I'll be able to be financially independent. And two, when I retake that um, that LSAT score. The score I have now, it will be 90% me paying them 10% on scholarships. That's unacceptable. So I'm going to get a higher score to where it's 90% them, 10% me. And I feel like that's more that's more realistic and holistic, at least for myself and my family.
0: Okay. (sighs) This discussion is smooth. It's moving too fast. Like we're (laughs) covering so much stuff, like we move it through. (laughs) but so we're getting to the point like we're gonna do this this and this and i I will say i think an issue the fact that you it feels like you you have a plan yeah that you have a a real plan an idea of what you want to accomplish and it's not a small thing it's a big thing to know what you want to do is one thing to know how you're going to do it is another planning is a great thing because things don't always go to plan, especially for you. Mm -hmm. You imagined you'd be in law school. You had things in mind, but at this point you had your plan. So you had to make a right turn Mm -hmm. and you had to make some changes. You had Mm -hmm. to do some things, but you still have a plan. So it just means you have a few more turns to make before you get back on that road to your journey. Mm -hmm. And that's something I hope to kind of get out to know what you want to do and realize that sometimes something's going to happen. It's going to be a hard right turn. You might break down on the road but the key is to keep going. And hmm. you are an exact, you're an exact example of that. Now, the last letter or the middle of the word prize is I. So yeah. I feel the purpose, the resilience, the zeal, and expectation are good characteristics that kind of build and create a man. Yeah. When you get to the I, for me, the I represents who you are. Hmm. And what that means to me is when I take away all the titles, yeah. all the expectations, you're not a father, a husband, an employee, a best friend, a mentor, anything. When it's just you at your core, at your base, mm. who are
1: you? When I'm by myself, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., everybody's asleep. Everything is, is silent around me. Where, what am I then? Um me speaking, I'm I'm exactly what I am when everybody is around me. I mean, even my name, my Omari means the highest, close to God, mountaintop. Ajamu means he who fights for what he wants, and Ajanaku means free and multi people. Um, and one one of the things I pride myself on is reflection and uh self-accountability. And I do it best in isolation. And so I detach myself from everything intentionally and I say, okay, whatever I am there around them, write that down. And whatever I am by myself, write that down too. If there's not a direct correlation, then I'm skipping steps. Something, something's not, something's not aligned and something eventually is gonna catch up to me to where, you know how gears work and they mesh well. Now I'm grinding, I'm grinding my gears and that's gonna have collateral damage. And eventually my kids are gonna be the ones affected because ultimately that's who who suffers the consequence. And so it was just aligning myself. Um, and it, you know, ironically enough, one of my coworkers, as I was still progressing and, and growing into my my role, um, one of my my coworkers told me, you know, it feels like you your your personality is a facade, and that kind of that resonated with me. And I told her, thank you. You know, in, in my head, because I'm not gonna convince her as to what I'm doing. That's that's kind of productive. As long as I know, then that's all I need. And a quote went off of my head and it said, so as a man thinketh, so shall he be. And I just had to reprogram my thoughts. My thoughts weren't all the way aligned. It wasn't all the way indoctrinated. It was about 75% uploaded, but I still had some work to do, some tweaking. And now I feel I'm about 91, 92. There's still some more steps I have to take. And that just comes with maturing and going through different life events with my children and myself and going through certain traumas within me. I mean, that's, that's just where the growth comes from. Um, and, and, and it's just make sure I'm aligned, making sure that, uh, whatever I'm doing by myself, I do with my kids, whatever I'm doing with my kids, I do by myself. Um, uh, when I go off into society by myself, it's similar as to when I go with my kids to make sure there's no disconnections. Uh, cause eventually as I, and this is a reality I faced as I get more and more out into the world and produce more and more work, eventually Eventually, the the press is going to come. Eventually, the scope is going to come. The scrutiny is going to come. Eventually, there's going to, oh, this is Amari, blah, 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 lies and propaganda and a a false narrative. But if there's no slips, and and I'm working on this now before they come, when they come, that's just going to be a free advertisement because I'm so... Embedded into the, the community, my work has been co- so consistent from a decade, two decades. They can check the track record, and it, it'll be no slips.
0: Okay. We know that when we're doing well, I guess the whole idea of the haters and all that stuff and all this negative mm-hmm. stuff is going to come. Just as a side note, explain how you take constructive criticism, because we all aren't able to yeah. take it. How it explain how you're able to absorb that and okay. then release it and be a better man.
1: Um I, I am addicted to, to constructive criticism. The only thing is I need mine harsh. I feel like at times people are too political and too um they constrain themselves due to the sake of hurt feeling. Stop, give it to me raw. I need mine pure. Um, it it's ultimately the decision is mine to make. Um, I just like hearing other people's perspective because then I can write it down and look at it from a objective standpoint instead of they well they don't know what they're that stop. stop stop you're being emotional you're being insecure uh, and frankly you're being l- a little immature and it's time to grow up and realize that it's okay to let other people's thoughts get to you that's okay now what are you gonna do after that happens are you gonna sit and, and wallow in your thoughts and oh they, they don't know what to talk about and now your whole night is ruined or are you gonna say you know what they said this and this i see where they're coming from um i'll write that down or don't write it down, and you know what? I'm gonna move on. That's the difference. So my I love I thoroughly enjoy constructive criticism, and then the why, what evidence led to that interpretation. Um, don't just give me. Oh, I think this is this. Well, if you truly wanna give it to me, well, then why? What evidence and what consistent behavior, or the, um, what 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 words did I give out? What dialogue did I give out that led you to that conclusion? And then in your opinion, what changes need to be made from my my perspective, from my end, in order to see a more balanced outcome? What do you see?
0: I like that. That encompasses prize. And you gave Mm. fantastic answers. And obviously, for me, I like the letter I because it represents, for me, a never-ending journey. Mm. I know the kind of man that I want to be. I'm getting there, but I probably will never get there because there's always a little something we can improve, right? right? There's always something, maybe you discover a new characteristic, oh, I want to be that kind of person. Mm. And that's a new kind of side journey. But recognizing that we can always take criticism, that we can take opinion and we yeah. can use it positively is not something we all do. And yeah. that's just, and obviously you've been saying maturity a lot. That is, yeah. that represents a great level of maturity, which you're going to pass down to your kids, to your community, to everybody around you, you shine, just speaking with you. So here are my last two questions.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: Here we go. First question. Okay. What do you fear that you cannot control?
1: The thing I fear that I cannot control, most people say death, Um, death is inevitable. And so uh, I I accept it. I don't look forward to to death I just know it's coming and so when it comes it comes um one thing I fear that I cannot control honestly honestly nothing it honestly nothing um part of me the outside world it is seem delusional because of my faith I just believe that as long as I do everything I'm supposed to then I'm I'm fine whatever happens we're going to get past um, believe it happens for a reason. Um, I believe I'm strong enough to to withstand it because if I wasn't, it wouldn't be happening to me. And then to find a way to cr- turn it into intellectual property and a book, a film, uh, a board game, find a way to like for once, I'm not gonna call it a nightmare, but I had some pretty traumatic images in my mind, like uh, two weeks ago. And I woke up, came in my office and wrote it down. And this gonna be a film in two or three years. And so it's just little, little minute things like that. Um, The only thing I would say I fear in my control is my time management. I don't know how much time I have and what am I doing with what I have. If if I would say anything is is feared, it will be my consistent time management restraint and self-control is that I'm not getting my money's worth out of myself all the time. Part of me says you're being too hard on yourself. Another part says, I believe we can do it, though. And so that's the act I'm balancing now. It's just what I'm able to If I can't control it, I don't worry about it. I just worry about what I can control and make sure that I'm not being too hard on myself, that I'm giving enough self-love. So I'm not beating myself all the time. Um, at the same time, it's making sure that I, I get my money's worth. You know, I go to a restaurant and I tell them, don't put ice in my drink. I need mine to the top. Even if it's warm, I need all mine. You can put some ice to the side, though, but I, I, need, my, I need my cup full.
0: <laughs> you're, I don't think I've ever heard the term time management used the way you just said it. Mm. Time management is what I say to my 17-year-old son. Listen, you're in college now. You got to get your schoolwork done. You got to study. You got to prepare. Mm-hmm. Your class, life is time.
1: Yeah. That's,
0: oh, wow. I, that's, oh, my goodness. I got so much. i read <laughs> I got, I pulled my pen out when you said that. I had to write that down. I really like the idea of recognizing that we want to get stuff done. We don't know how much time we have to do it. Ooh. That's so, that's beautiful. I want to get things accomplished. I want to help my community, my people. I may not be here tomorrow. I need to do Ooh. this now. Brother, you just, you drop dot. Oh, goodness. With that said, my last question. All right. What do you fear that you can control?
1: That, that time management. That's my biggest time management, self-control. So and, and this is this is what I'm going to tell the, the listeners. It's great that you did it five times and 10 times. That's great. Congratulations on that. And I'm going to say that like, uh, authentically. Congratulations on your 5'10". In the grand scheme, that means nothing. How many have you done it a million times? You did it a million times, congratulations to that person that did it. I do it 10 million. After that 10 million, okay, that's fantastic. I do it a billion. That's the difference. Oh, I did it for a week. Congratulations. Do it for a month. Oh, you got to a month? Cool. Do it for a year. After the year, you know, that's fantastic. That's superb and exemplary. Do it for five years. That's the difference. Because you'll look up five years from now and those around you, you'll be able to tell. That's what I'm learning. I look around me and I'm able to tell who is and who is not. You're still doing the same things you did five years ago. I can tell that you haven't been doing it. You don't got to explain it. Don't give me justifications because then now you, you, that's being delusional in a not a progressive way. Because the by the fruit, shall you know the tree. And I'm looking at your fruit. And it's the same as it was five years ago. That means you haven't been nourishing it. The soil has been dried out. Um, you haven't been tending to it. You, you haven't been putting the work in, consistent work in. And so, just th- those are the things I worry about: is making sure that I do eight million times, and then after that eight million, now it's time to get to thirty million. That's the biggest thing that that I'm working on as an individual.
0: Oh, such positive speak, brother! You just, you really, you you made my evening. I have to say, oh man, I appreciate it. that. No, I appreciate you. This is, I honestly could talk to you like for another hour or two or another day. (laughs) We certainly can't do that. With that said, tell the listeners where they can find you, what you're doing, if they can help, where they can help. Give it all to us right now.
1: All right, all of it. Um, you can find me on the website, O-M-A-R-I-A-A.com. That's O as an orange, maria acom And when you get to the landing page, is my spirit, it's my intention, it's my purpose. Uh, it's why I'm doing it. That's the Black Excellence Gallery. So if, if that rubs you the wrong way, then don't look anymore in the website because that's the foundation, that's the intent, that's the fabric on a molecular and cellular level of the intent is the Black Excellence Gallery. Um, from there, we have the nonprofit, the vocational nonprofit, and we, we keep it simple, uh, career development, uh, mental and emotional counseling unlicensed though, make sure I put that disclaimer in there. Um, and we do career development, vocational training, mention those, the law office, um, criminal law office, it's the legal research. It's the criminal justice navigation, The the crime scene examination, um, and, uh, I'm working on a film, a book and a soundtrack, a letter to my children. And essentially it's kind of like what we talked about. I'm not sure when I'm going to die and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to have these type of conversations with my children. And so I said, what can I put out into the world that I want my children to look at when they get of age, but also other children as well, that it could be that example form of if I do this, this will happen. That's the biggest thing. If I do this, this will happen. This is the example. Um, You can find that on the website as well, Uh, omari.com, omariaa.com slash A-L-M-T-C, a a letter to my children. Um, And and right now, it's just a great time developing systems, getting better, being consistent, producing, having quality conversations like these, and, and make sure that I do the same thing every day just with the intention of tweaking a few things and getting better at the same time.
0: Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Talking
1: to you. I
0: do this pod and I like quotes. So if you've been listening to this episode, you heard my quote at the beginning, but I always Mm -hmm. end one. I try to find a quote that I feel speaks to me in regards to my guest. Mm -hmm. So seeing everything that you've accomplished, seeing everything that you're doing, I saw a quote, and maybe it speaks to you, maybe it doesn't, but here it is. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Hmm. Buckminster Fuller, that's the, the author of that quote. It has been an honor to speak with Absolutely. you, to see a forward-thinking brother like yourself. I hope I'm honored to speak to you again Otherwise, I'll be watching from the sidelines and watching you succeed and push us further in the direction of positivity. Thank you to you and to all the listeners here at the Men of the Prize podcast, where your inner monologue is revealed. I'll see you next week. You have a great night.